wind blowing toward right field. If Alex could find something to pull, get it in the air, he would get some help. Familia's next pitch. Belted to deep center. Back goes Lagares. And gone, Alex Gordon. In comes the pitch. Broken bat, one hopper to third. And over to first in time. Runner going to try to score. Wild throw. Hosmer gambling that he could dash home on the throw to first base. And the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And it's finally game week in Kansas City. The Royals will be playing baseball tonight, tomorrow, and Wednesday against other major league clubs leading up to opening day on Friday against the Cleveland Indians. On today's show, we're going to talk about the Royals making their first trade of the year, Brad Keller coming back from COVID, and preview that exhibition game tonight against the Houston Astros. Let's start with the Royals' trade. Now, the Kansas City Royals surprised everyone on Friday night whenever they traded Tim Hill to the San Diego Padres. For Franchi Cordero and Ronald Balanos. And Ronald is a right-handed pitcher, 23 years old. Made the jump from single A to the majors a season ago. Franchi Cordero is a 25-year-old outfielder. And he's who I'm most excited about in this trade. He can play all three outfield spots. He has speed. He has power. He's someone who I think can be a 2020 guy in that outfield. You look at the Royals prospects right now. And Dayton Moore touched on this a little bit. Their outfield is going to be fun. Khalil Lee is someone I'm very high on. Kyle Isbell played extremely well in spring training. And now you add Frenchie Cordero to that as well. And again, this guy can hit a ball 500 feet. He can hit a baseball 500 feet. He can get you 20 stolen bases, 20 home runs. He has the power to be a DH, but the speed and the fielding ability to be an outfielder in the humongous Kauffman Stadium outfield, he's going to be fun to watch. And I think that you guys are going to really like Franchi Cordero. If I had to compare him to someone you might know, would be Joey Gallo. And that might sound crazy, but you put him in Kansas City, which has been able to produce some quality outfielders, some quality defensive outfielders. You look at what Alex Rios did in Kansas City. You look at how they turned in, what they turned Nori Aoki into. Think about Nori Aoki game one compared to 162 in Kansas City. They worked with him. They helped him become a better fielder. You give the Royals a talent like this, the speed like Franchi, he's going to be an amazing defender. And then also he has that pop. And now the reason, more specifically, that I say Joey Gallo is, like Gallo, Cordero can hit the ball 500 feet. The problem is he does not always make contact with it. So he's going to give you a ton of strikeouts. But when he connects, this is going to be fun. Uh, as for the right-handed pitcher, Ronald, you know, again, made the jump from A to, to the MLB, so he shows electric stuff. He's only 23 years old. I'm not sure what he is going to turn into in Kansas City, especially this year, if anything. But 
to break this trade down, the Padres got the safest player. So they got the highest floor, but the lowest ceiling. The Royals got two players who have a humongous ceiling, but sadly a very low floor. And for a guy like Tim Hill, this is a perfect trade. And I know some of you might be asking, and I did this myself, why now? Why trade Tim Hill right now? We have not even started the season yet. We didn't even wait for teams to get desperate, for teams to start buying in. The Padres are a team that you could see make a run at the wildcard spot, but they're not even a for sure contender. And so they were willing to give you up two players who I think can be studs in the big leagues for Tim Hill. So if you would have waited till that August 31st deadline, could you have gotten even more? I think that you couldn't have. I think this is the best trade for Tim Hill. And I love Tim Hill's story. I love watching him pitch. I love the, the funky delivery, the cancer survivor, all that he's been through. I love his story. Dayton Moore has said it himself. You could make a movie about Tim Hill tomorrow. But whenever you have an opportunity to add Cordero, to add Ron, whenever you have the opportunity to add these guys, you have to do it because Tim Hill is a fine pitcher. But with the three batter, with the three batter minimum rule and having to go up against righties eventually, having to, to, to go out of that lefty specialist role and kind of advance his game, you could see Tim Hill regress. You could see Tim Hill not be good this year. And that's not a knock on Tim Hill. I love Tim Hill. But when, when you're not giving him that security blanket of only having to face a, a lefty, you could see him regress. So that's why you pull the trigger right now. That's why you trade him right now while his value is still high. So I, w- I applaud Dayton Moore for getting out in front of this, for trading Tim Hill right now. Because this easily could have, if he waits like, like a lot of us thought he would, his value could, could plummet, and you're not going to get a guy who I think could be Joey Gallo. And Joey Gallo's really good. I love this trade by the Royals. And it was tough. The Royals value a, the Royals value a person more than, than baseball in most instances. And sometimes that's the wrong way to look at it. It, it is sometimes, I'll, I'll admit. But they truly care about their players. They truly care about the player's storylines. They truly care about the ethos, the emotional attachment to Kansas City. Tim Hill had that. So for Dayton Moore and Mike Matheny and everyone involved to make this move that's purely a baseball move. Again, you're, you're trading a cancer survivor. You're trading someone in that high-risk group in the middle of a pandemic to get back two guys with extremely high ceilings, with extremely high potential. This is a baseball move. An emotional move would be to keep, to, to keep Tim Hill. And I hope Tim Hill has, has a ton of success in San Diego, but this was an on-the-field move, and I think Kansas City um, won the trade. I really do. Because even if these two guys that they got back, even if they do hit that low floor and, and, they, and they don't even touch the ceiling, we know what Tim Hill is. And as much as I like the guy, with that three batter minimum, minimum I don't know how effective he can be. I'm not sure what he can bring to a bullpen. But I'm willing to bet on Ronald and on Frenchie to at least have one of them provide more than he could. So I think that that pretty much sums up the trade. 
that's kind of why they did it now. It's kind of insurance of just in case Tim Hill falls off this year. And look, even if Tim Hill is electric this year, you're not going to get much back for him uh, besides a 25-year-old outfielder with a ton of potential and a ton of power and a 23-year-old right-hander that has electric stuff. I mean, what more could you have asked for Tim Hill? If I asked you a week ago what would be an acceptable trade for Tim Hill, you would say a power bat with a lot of potential and a right-handed pitcher with a lot of potential. That can be just a flamethrower out of your bullpen. So I think the Royals won this trade. We'll see how he performs in San Diego, and I cannot wait till we get to look at these guys in a Royals uniform. After the break, we're going to get into Brad Keller, some more players testing positive for COVID in Kansas City, and how the T-Bones bailed out the Royals. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at CBDMD. It does not matter if you're a stay-at-home parent, a professional athlete, or if you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs a little support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends over at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant relief, cooling for muscles and joints, and convenient and easy-to-use rollers or squeezable tubes to share. CBD Recovery combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and Vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo, they are offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use promo code locked on MLB at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code locked on MLB for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. So let's get right back into this Royals news on a busy Monday here on the Lockdown Royals podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Brad Keller is back. He returns to the team. From the COVID list, fully healthy. Obviously, he's going to need to stretch out some more. He's going to need to get that arm feeling back. He's not going to start opening day. As we once thought, it'll be Danny Duffy instead going on Friday. Mike Matheny has not announced who will start on Saturday and Sunday and throughout the rotation. Uh, but if you want to look into things, we'll talk about it in a second. Mike, Mike Montgomery will pitch today, lining him up for a Saturday start, although Mike Matheny did tell us not to look too much into that. So the Royals are looking for a home for their camp once the season returns. If you do not know, there is no minor league season, and the 60-player pool will shrink down to 30 active rosters on opening day, 30 active roster spots on opening day, leaving 30 players on that 60-player pool, quick math, to have nowhere to go. And so the Royals need a camp uh, from a different site, and they have come to an agreement with T-Bone Stadium to play where the Kansas City T-Bones, of course, play when the season begins. So again, what this means is the the guys that do not make the 30-man active roster on opening day, instead of practicing and working out and getting their work in at the K, they're going to go practice and play at T-Bone Stadium instead, and they'll be right next, you know, they'll be right in the vicinity of Kansas City if they do get called up and if they do uh, if they are needed for anything throughout the season, they'll be at T-Bone Stadium. You know, you see every team having to have a site like this uh, for their guys to work out in. The Royals have come to an agreement with T-Bone Stadium. Two more Royals test positive for COVID. Nick uh, Dini and Daniel Tillo test positive for COVID. So that brings the total up to Mike Matheny, who's recovered, Salvi, who's recovered, Keller, who's recovered, and then O'Hearn, Tillo, and Dini all have COVID. And 
the Royals are looking at a long, long COVID list, although most of them have recovered already. O'Hearn should be getting back anytime soon. Uh, he tested positive the same day Brad Keller did, and Keller is back, so you would assume as long as O'Hearn is feeling okay and is, is asymptomatic, you'd assume that he would be back sooner rather than later. But some more news on young pitcher Daniel Tolo. He is likely heading for Tommy John surgery on top of testing positive for COVID. He got the Tommy John news on like you know Thursday, and then Friday he finds out he got COVID. So that's tough for the young pitcher, but I'm sure he'll bounce back just fine. Curveball. Slider. Curveball. That's right. The Kansas City Royals are back in action, and they're taking on the cheating Houston Astros, the trash can bangers at 7-10 at Kauffman Stadium tonight. The first time we'll see the Kansas City Royals take on another MLB team in 2020 in the restarted summer camp. They'll welcome in the Houston Astros. Again, I've mentioned this before. I'm not sure why Houston can travel to the Central Division and play Kansas City in exhibition, but they cannot do it you know, in a normal season, in, in, a, in, a, in the 60-game stretch. That's too far in a 60-game stretch, but not too far in an exhibition game. It's all weird. They're somehow playing the Astros and not just playing the Cardinals three times. I don't understand it. I also don't understand why the Astros aren't just playing the Rangers. A lot's up in the air that I just do not comprehend. But nonetheless... Your pitching matchup tonight is for the Astros, Lance McCullers, and for the Kansas City Royals, Mike Montgomery. Again, lining up Montgomery to pitch on Saturday, but Mike Matheny did say not to look too much into that. So let's talk about this Monday game first. Mike Montgomery has looked incredible in spring, and he's comfortable now, which is a big thing for him. If you didn't know, in Chicago, they really wanted to make him a bullpen arm as a long relief guy, kind of stretch him out in the middle innings. He hated that. He's always wanted to be a starter in his career. He's back where his career started in this organization in Kansas City, and he just he looks more comfortable on the mound, and he's been playing very well. So I really am excited to watch him play against a good Astros team and against another MLB lineup. And for Lance McCullers, this is going to be a pitching matchup you're going to want to check out because Lance McCullers, prior to the injury, was electric, and, we, and you all know that in Kansas City with the neck chop and all that he did in that playoff series. But take away, you know, take away the, the bad blood and the trash talk to Kansas City. He's just a flat-out fun pitcher to watch, and so I'm hoping that he can return you know, to his full form and he can be healthy again because, listen, if he was not an electric pitcher, if he was not a fun pitcher to watch, you would not have that memory of the neck chop, of, of Kendris Morales' neck chop back to him stepping over home plate. That's why I don't get why people don't like passion in baseball and they don't like uh, you know, the showboating in baseball because it creates moments that you'll never forget. You'll never forget Mike Moustakis and uh, Kendrick Morales. You'll never forget them making fun of Lance McCullers. It, it, it's, it's simply something you'll live with for the rest of your life. And without him going out on that edge and, and talking that trash, we don't get that. So credit to Lance McCullers. He's fun to watch. I hope that he's healthy. And so tonight, that's going to be a fun game. Rain is in the forecast, and so Dusty Baker yesterday said uh, that the Astros won't travel if there's a good chance of rain. However, this morning on Monday morning, they are going to travel to Kansas City and hope for the best. They, they've looked at the radars. They think they can get the game in, so they're going to go ahead and travel to Kansas City this morning and hopefully play the game tonight. They're also, weather permitting, going to play a game on Tuesday afternoon. I believe this one you know, is going to be first pitch at like 105. We'll talk about that tomorrow. 
But this one will be between Josh James of the Astros and Glenn Sparkman of your Kansas City Royals. So this is the two-game set between the Astros and the Royals. We already talked about wanting to watch Mike, Mike Montgomery settle in against another MLB club. We want to watch Lance McCullers pitch. And then Glenn Sparkman, what can he provide? Because to me, the rotation, you know, barring you know that Brad Keller can be back by game three or four from COVID and he can pitch, would be Duffy, Montgomery, Keller, Junis, and then that five spot. That five spot's up, up for debate. Jorge Lopez got rocked the other day, and a lot of you do not like Jorge Lopez. Can Glenn Sparkman take that and run? Do they just call up Brady Singer on opening day? Forget the service time? Forget the eight days? He's just going to slide into your five spot? What's going to happen with that five spot? And a stellar debut, a, a stellar outing on Tuesday from Glenn Sparkman could prove to be just that. I believe Jesse Hahn will go on Wednesday against the St. Louis Cardinals. But as for at the plate, Michael Franco is tearing the cover off the baseball right now, and I want to see him do that against a different pitching staff because he's been playing against the Royals pitching staff, and the pitchers he's just so happy to get matched up with aren't very good. I want to see him take on some MLB competition and see if he can continue to hit well and rake because I mentioned in December, he's got Kaufman pop. He's got a bat you're going to fall in love with. It just did not work out in Philadelphia, and he needed a change of scenery. I think I'm going to end up being right on that. He looks incredible in summer camp, but I want to see it happen against another MLB team. Bubba Starling is somehow looking like a hitter out of nowhere, and I want to see again how much is that the Royals pitching staff and how much is that Bubba Starling figuring it out. And then Alex Gordon and Bobby Witt Jr. have also been hitting very well in camp so far. I'm not sure how much we'll see of Bobby Witt Jr. because – you know, I've been watching these exhibition games. The Yankees and Mets have been playing. Uh, the Indians played somebody. I've been watching a lot of them. I watched the Phillies and uh, the Phillies and Orioles yesterday. And these teams, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure how Mike Matheny will do it, but these teams are not doing the spring training approach. They're not just letting their guys go three innings and pulling them. I mean, you've got guys like DJ LeMahieu and Aaron Judge and, and Jared Carlos Stanton getting four at bats. So I'm not sure how much they'll work in Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I do want to see all of these guys who perform well in camp do it against someone else. As far as the bullpen arms, I want to see Rosenthal. I think that Matheny trusts Rosenthal, and he was just carving up hitters in spring training 1.0. I want to see him do it again. I, I want to see him do it at summer camp and, and make sure he still has it. And then you've got guys like Greg Holland, Kevin McCarthy, and Richard Lovelady who can all kind of elevate their status in that bullpen with a good exhibition slate. Not sure how they're going to line up the pitching and how they're going to handle their bullpen, but those are some names to watch. So what are we going to do this week on Locked on Royals? Well, tomorrow we're going to recap the Astros game and do Royals prop bets for this season. And you can bet along with me and we'll see who ends up winning on those bets. On Wednesday, we're going to recap game two against the Astros and preview the East region. On Thursday, we're going to recap the Cardinals game and preview the West region. And on Friday, we're going to preview the Central Division and pick award winners and get you all set for opening day later that night. We've made it. It's baseball time. It's opening day week here. It'll be opening day for the Royals on Friday. It'll be opening day for baseball on Thursday. Something I was really afraid we would not say this year would be that we're getting ready for regular season baseball. But here we are, and you need to stay tuned and subscribe to Locked on Royals to stay up to date 
on your Kansas City Royals. It's the fastest growing and only daily Royals podcast. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked On Royals.